following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Verse 1, Job 1, verse 1. It's good to have visitors with us tonight, no matter where they're from. What did you say you were from again, brother? Well, that's a good place to be from. Amen. (laughs) I've never been there, so I don't know. Job 1 and verse 1. (laughs) There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Continuing with our subject of the testimony of God, the testimony of God. Let's pray. Again, Father, as we look into thy word, I'm thankful for it. Father, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy that you've been extended to sinners like us. And Father, Lord, I appreciate the song we sang tonight about grace greater than our sin. Father, what a blessing it is. And Father, Lord, what a blessing the word of God is. And Father, our study in the book of Job and Lord, considering the testimony, your testimony of Job. Lord, help us again to learn something that we can take with us tonight and use for our good and your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, the testimony of God. Now, in these words, we find not the testimony of man or Job concerning himself, but rather the testimony of God concerning Job in Proverbs chapter 20. If you look there with me in verse 6, Proverbs 20 and uh, verse 6, the Bible says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find Proverbs 20 and 6. And then look with me to Proverbs 27 and uh, verse 2. Proverbs 27 and uh, verse 2. Here the Bible says, Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. This is not the testimony of Job. These are not the words of Job. These are written about Job and uh, concerning God's testimony of Job. And that's very important. You know, folks, uh, it's easy to boast ourselves, but folks, you know what? It's another thing uh, for God to boast of us. And in one sense, uh, that, the, that is what the Lord does. As a matter of fact, even to the devil, uh, when we, if you look back with me to Job chapter 1, again, Job chapter one and looking at verse six now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan came also among them and the lord said unto satan what whence comest thou then satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it and the lord said unto satan hast thou considered my servant job that there's none like him in the earth a perfect and upright man one that feared god and escheweth evil so here's god boasting to the devil Uh, about Job speaking himself of these things that we find in uh, verse 1. As we know, the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Folks, these are God-breathed words. These are not the words of man. This is God's testimony of Job. We've talked about the fact that uh, God said of Job that he was perfect. He was a mature, upright man, uh, one uh, that feared God. And then tonight, as we've talked about those three things, we'll finish Verse 1, believe it or not, amen, <clears throat> with this. And not only did God say that Job was perfect, God said Job was upright, God said Job was one that feared God, God said that Job was one that eschewed evil, that eschewed evil. Now, the, the word eschewed is a word we use all the time, right? Amen. Uh, uh, just last week I was talking to someone and talked about eschewing something. <laughs> it's not one of those words uh, so often archaic, and yet... It is found in the Word of God, and we have dictionaries. I use Webster's 1828 dictionary to define 
these words. I don't uh, plan necessarily to go to the Greek because I didn't study Greek. And if I'm, even if I had, God has given it to us in the English language. Amen. So it's important that we go to the English to find out the, the meaning of an English word here. And the word is shoe. Eschewed means to flee from, to shun, to avoid, shunned and avoided. And what are we to shun or avoid, if you will, or flee from? Evil. Evil is really in, in two forms. Evil is natural or moral. Natural evil is anything which produces pain, distress, loss, or calamity, or which may in any way disturb the peace, impairs the happiness, or destroys the perfection of natural beings. Moral evil is any de uh, deviation uh, of a moral agent from the rules of con uh, conduct prescribed to him by God or by legitimate human authority, or does any violation of the plain principles of justice and rectitude. There are also evils called civil, which affect, in, in, uh, affect injuriously the peace or prosperity of a city or state, and political evils which injure a nation, in its a public capacity, all wickedness, all crimes, all violence, uh, violations of law and right are moral e evils. Uh, diseases are natural evils, but they often proceed from moral evils, meaning that uh, there are diseases that interrupt folks when it comes right down to it. All evil has its source in sin. All evil has its source in sin. Even the natural evil, the diseases that sometimes bring us to death have its source in sin. Folks, before there was sin, there was no sickness, no death. After sin, we've had sickness, sorrow, and death because of it. Well, as we consider, if you will, uh, our subject in Job 1 and verse 1, <clears throat> there was a man in the land of us, whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, as we talk about, if you will, avoiding, shunning, fleeing from evil, if you will, sin, uh, we need to first and foremost understand that it's a command of God. Now, we don't find a command here. We find God giving testimony concerning the matter of eschewing evil, but in the Scripture elsewhere, and even Job understood what it was to, if you will, a shun, flee, or avoid evil by command. If you will, look with me to Exodus 23. Exodus chapter 23. And you know, it, uh, uh, <clears throat> the book of Job, and Job lived at a time where we did not have a written record of the Word of God. And yet, it's amazing how much they understood and how much wisdom God had given them without giving them a written Bible. What a blessing it is that you and I have the opportunity to, to, you know what, folks? Pick up a Bible anytime we want to and spend some time reading the wisdom and the Word of God and feasting on it. And yet they had at times words from God, messages from God. They held on to it. They, if you will, uh, may, may have passed it on by oral tradition, maybe even written some things down. But what we have in our Bible is the inspired, infallible record of God concerning God and man. All things that pertain, the Bible says, unto life and godliness are found in the pages of God's Word. And yet, even though Job did not have a written Bible, as we have, he still understood the command to eschew, to flee, to avoid evil. Uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 23 and verses 6 and 7, Exodus 23 and 6 and 7, Thou shalt not rest 
the judgment of thy poor in his cause. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not, for I will not justify the wicked. We talk about the innocent and uh, not slaying the innocent, folks. That speaks of many things, particularly I think it speaks of abortion. And folks, God would have us, you know what? God would have us be as far away from abortion as, as possible. Amen? It is evil. We should flee from it, and yet we've allowed it to go on. You know, I was listening to the radio this morning on my way to work, and I realized that this court, this uh, Supreme Court that we have is not as, is, uh, not as conservative as we might imagine. They're, they're hesitating to overturn some things that need to be overturned, and one of the things that needs to be overturned is Roe v. Wade. It is not a law for us to be able to commit murder. It is not a law. That's a judicial decision. There has not been any law that's been written on the books that allows the murder of innocent babies, unborn babies. And folks, we speak of conception as when a child begins to be formed. Life begins at conception. Look, if you look with me to Psalm 1, Psalm 1 and verse 1. It's sad to me that our nation is going the way it's going. And I know that it was meant to be that we'd have a, a conservative court. And some people, there's been some talk among the Biden administration to pack the court. Folks, we don't need any more liberals on there. I think we have some uh, mediocre conservatives that are not doing their job. But nonetheless, there they are. You know what, folks? We still need to be pray in prayer for them. Amen praying for our nation, praying for those that govern our nation. And they're a part of the governing body of this nation. In Psalm 1 and 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and, what, uh, <clears throat> and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. One day God will bring it all right, all right at the final judgment bar of God. And yet it's a command of God for us not to be, if you will, or to eschew evil. And folks, that means at times to eschew or, or be as far away from those that cause evil. Look at me to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10. Proverbs chapter 1, <clears throat> beginning in verse 10. You know, nowadays we're so, we're so afraid, afraid to identify any one person as being evil or calling uh, things evil when they are evil. As a matter of fact, we're living in a day when they're calling ev uh, evil good and good evil. It's a sad thing, but it's, it's unfortunate in Proverbs 1 and 10. Bible says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood. <clears throat> let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the, as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. He's talking about the attitude, the heart behind the evil that, we're, that we should be shunning, that we should be avoiding, that we should be eschewing, if you will. 
Cast in a lot among us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not down the way with them. Refrain uh, uh, thy foot from their path, for their feet run to even, you know, God gives a commandment to, uh, to, uh, to avoid these people, flee from it, and he explains why. You know, I think it's important when we raise kids, if we tell them not to do something, tell them why. And then tell them the right and the, and the right way to go, and tell them why. Amen? So they understand what's going on. Here our Heavenly Father is telling us why. He says here, For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. God says, listen, don't go with them. My son of sinners enticed, they consent thou not. Years ago, when I was a teenager, they had a campaign that, that, that dealing with drugs, and they basically said when you're faced with uh, those who would tempt you to take drugs, he just said, they said, say no, say no. And nowadays, you know, all it seems to be that people want to do is say yes and embrace it. You know what, folks? <clears throat> that philosophy is ruining people's lives. Saying yes to sin rather than avoiding it, eschewing evil and sin, and avoiding some people that are involved in it. You know, as young people, you know, as, and even as older people, you know what, folks, we need to be careful about the friends we choose to make. Because, folks, you know, a friend may cause you uh, to get involved with things you might not have got, been uh, prone to get involved with otherwise. And let me say this, don't imagine that just because you're older that you can't sin, or that you can't be led astray by someone who has evil intentions. And let me say this, you know, sometimes with young people, we imagine, we imagine that we can keep them from evil. If we just somehow, uh, you know what, if we keep them busy, we keep them doing this and we keep them doing that. I'm going to tell you something, keeping them busy, all it does is keep them busy. It's not necessarily going to keep them from evil. The problem is the heart. You know, we talked about last week about the fear of the Lord. And folks, we need to reverence God, love God, be devoted to what God's devoted to. Amen. But that's something that ha every person has to make a choice over. You know, as a pastor, I, I, want, I don't want people to get into trouble. I don't want them to get into sin I, because I know what sin's going to do. The Bible says, sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. There's no good that comes from sin. And yet I know and I understand this. I can preach and teach the truth of God's word as I'm doing now. But I cannot keep people from sometimes choosing to do what they want to do and sometimes they want to sin. Because though even, we're, though, even though we're Christians, sometimes we still sin. There's no such thing as sinless perfection in the Christian life. There's a commandment against these things. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. And you know what, folks? As I teach tonight, as we consider eschewing evil, you and I need to take it personally. We need to think about what we're going to do. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, per se. It matters about what you're going to do with the truth. Amen? 
Now, we should be in prayer for one another, pray that God would keep, uh, keep uh, our people out of sin, out of danger, our young people out of sin and out of danger if we can. But the final choice is with everybody. In Proverbs chapter 4, looking at verse 14, the commandment says here, Enter not in the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it. Pass away. What is he talking about? He's talking about eschewing evil. He goes on to say, For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. Because you know why? Because God's involved. You know what, folks? When we get out of sorts as Christians, we get out of the way. God's there to turn us around, to correct us, to chasten us. The wicked don't have that. The wicked are bent on evil. Amen. They are. Whether they, you know what, folks, whether they imagine that to be so, the unsaved, the ungodly are bent to evil. Does that mean they're all just terrible? No, but you know what? The Bible says there's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Amen. He says here in verse 70, For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Well, I read that already. Look at verse 19. The, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You know, sometimes they don't even realize what they're doing to themselves. <clears throat> my son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Here's a father talking to his son. And you know, sometimes when children are growing up, you know what, there's a point where they get to be old enough to begin to think that their parents are dumb. They just don't have a clue. Dad, he doesn't have a clue. And as they get older, sometimes they still think, Dad doesn't have a clue. Is that true? No. And that kind of an attitude can lead you into trouble. You know, we have a heavenly Father that does have a clue. And he's written us a book written through a father, Solomon, who, who didn't do it all right. As a matter of fact, he did a lot wrong. But he had a burden for his son. And he's saying, listen, son, listen to me. Please don't do the things that I've done. My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart right. It's the, it's the heart that's the problem. And yet sometimes, folks, even we adults don't take it seriously. You know, we think, well, I can watch anything on TV. I can read anything. I can look at anything. And I, I'm, I can handle it. Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't handle it. Amen. There's no super saint that can sit in front of filthy TV and not have an effect on them or any other kind of filth that they might find other places. You know what? There's no inoculation. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you have an inoculation against sin. There's a command against it. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established turn not from the right hand to the left remove thy foot from evil. what is he talking about shewing evil is evil 
fleeing from it, turning away from it. You know what, folks? The Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Yet the fool passes on as punished, as the Bible says in many places. Proverbs 6. Let's begin in verse 20. You know, it's interesting that throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon deals with moral issues because he had trouble morally. He found out what it was like to have the problems he could have with too many wives. Now, not only the dinner, the chatter at home. You know, he couldn't hear himself think when all the wives got together. Say, preacher, that's horrible. Amen. I can't imagine a thousand women at the dinner table. And you're trying to get a word in it edgewise. Amen. <laughs> you say, that's false doctrine. Well, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Proverbs 6 and 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Here again, Solomon appe- appealing to his son. Bind them, continue upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. And when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou, when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment of the lamp... And the law is light and reproofs of instruction, the way of life. Now, you know, here's Solomon as a, as a father, but it, God is our father. And he's telling us, please listen to me and my word. Let the light of my commandments guide you in your decisions. And he says here, why in verse 24? To keep thee from what? To keep thee from the evil woman. You know what? <clears throat> Worst thing that ever happened to mankind is when God made Eve. Preacher. No. You know what? It wasn't Eve's fault that Adam was a dummy. (laughs) It wasn't. Now listen, I'm preaching. Let's keep a lid on it. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. A strange woman is one who is not your own. And I'm going to tell you something, the devil knows what he's doing with the social media platforms today. He's drawing men and women into things, into relationships that they might not have ever had an opportunity to have. You know, folks, our technology is not all a blessing. In some cases, it's becoming a curse. And you know what, folks, the world knows that. The world recognizes the problems. Now, they're not going to stop. But they will admit their problems because of it. They, they admit that young people are struggling because of the internet. But they won't take it away from them. God forbid that we should take something away. Let me say this. As parents, you have a right. to If your children have phone, you have a right to know what's going on on their phone. Amen. I don't care what the world says. You have a right as a parent to know. I'm going to tell you something, young people. If you're doing something on the sly, I hope you get caught. Preacher, that you're so mean. Amen. I want you to get caught now before you get caught later. And you get snared in a net of sin that drags you down. He says, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Now, he's speaking of the feminine, but I'm going to tell you something. The adulterer, the male. There are men that are, that are, that are 
uh, um, they're literally out there looking. They're predators on the internets and what have you. Looking to hurt and harm. He says in verse 27, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth to his neighbor, into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he be found, he, res- he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance, neither will he regard any ransom. Uh, He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. You know what, folks? To allow ourselves to be tied up and get involved with adultery, any, any of these kinds of moral sins, you know what, folks? It's like taking fire. Taking hold of fire and saying, and hugging it to yourself. Now, you know, when our kids are growing up, I've heard some dumb philosophies lately. Well, just let your kid go ahead and touch the stove and get burnt. They'll learn from that. You know what I've said to our kids? Don't touch the stove! Well, why, preacher? They've got to learn somehow. I don't want them to learn that way. You know, my son, Joel, he, we, I had a, we had a wood burner in our trailer years ago. I didn't have a corral. I didn't have a safety thing around it. And one day he's playing with his buddies, and you know what? Sure enough, I don't know what, what I was thinking. It'll never happen to us. He tripped on the hearth, reached out with one arm to push himself away from the stove that he landed on. It was hot, red hot, and burning. He came away with a burn from here to there. And I had to take him to the hospital, and boy, did I feel stupid. But on top of it, my son got burnt. And I told him not to to play with the stove. Now, he wasn't playing with the stove. But he tripped and fell on the stove. He got burnt. It wasn't what I wanted it, but it was what happened. Now, you know, within two days, he was out banging that thing on stuff. Yeah, kids are resilient. I can't imagine that. Now, when his wife uses that frying pan on his head, we understand that, you know, it, not much hurts us anymore. <laughs> oh. um, you know, there's, there's something to be said for not, you know, putting yourself in a place where you can get burnt. Hey, man, I put up, a, you know what I did? I put up a safety thing. Around, as soon as he got burnt, and I said, why didn't you do it beforehand? Uh, duh, I don't know. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, I'm not sure I was. I'm not sure it was. You know, folks, it's okay to tell your children that this isn't the right thing to do. Amen? I don't care what the world says. When do they ever get it right anyway? Listen, God knows what's best for man. Amen? Let God be true and every man a liar. Especially when they're going to cause us to do something stupid. You know, we have enough trouble sometimes keeping ourselves from doing stupid things. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. The command is to, if you will, eschew, avoid, flee from evil. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. And it's interesting. I like the way God starts this verse out. Be not deceived. Why does he say that? Because we're deceived. (laughs) Sometimes we don't get it. 
And God says, let's get it here. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now he's talking about the communication of false doctrine, the false doctrine of the resurrection, the fact that it supposedly there were those that did not believe in the resurrection of Christ, or any resurrection for that matter. But you know, the principle is there. Evil communications corrupt good manners. If you choose wrong friends, don't imagine, you know, sometimes we say, well, I'll help them to be better. I mean, I know they're trouble, but I'll help them to be better. When did a rotten apple do anything to help the other apples? Did all the good apples in the barrel help the rotten one to be better? No, no, no. If they're rotten, you say, but I, I, I'm lonely. If they're rotten, you might become rotten-er. We're all a little rotten anyway because we're sinners. Now, in the, I don't know if rotten-er is a word. But if it isn't, if it isn't, it is now. I just coined a new word. You can run around calling people, you know, talking about being rotten-er. Don't do that. <clears throat> Be not deceived. Amen. Evil communications corrupt good manners. But you know what? You're going to have to make that choice for yourself. Amen. I can't make it for you. Mom and dad can't make it for you. Now, they're going to try to help you to make right decisions. You know, but, you know, when the kid's like this, and, well, they're only 16 or 14, you know, what kills me is when they're 13 and they're this tall. <laughs> I feel like a runt. Don't go there. <clears throat> They're not adults. They're in your home. They're not adults. And you have the right to teach them. You have the right to help them to make right decisions. And you know what? You have the right to say no to some of the friends they're hanging out with. If they choose in the face of that to do something against that, then they'll rue the day that they ever did it. You know, years ago when I was a teenager... I left Alaska, I was 12 years old, turned 13 when we got to South Georgia. My dad was in the military. First guy I made friends with smoked pot. You know what I did? I smoked pot. Never smoked it in, in all those years beforehand. Now, nowadays, I mean, 10 and, and, and younger are using really terrible drugs. And we're, you know where most of them are getting access to it? From a friend. The drug dealer doesn't go up to the high school or to the, the, the little kid's school in the grade school and start doling out drugs to everybody. You know what they do? They get a hold of some people within the schools who go to their friends. And it's a friend that gets them tied up with that kind of stuff. Evil communication. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Ephesians chapter 5. I don't know if I'll get to my second point tonight or not. <laughs> but I'm having fun anyway, amen. You know what I'm trying to do and what God is trying to teach us is an important truth concerning sin. <clears throat> Verse 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, walk in love as Christ also had loved us and given himself for us an offering 
and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He goes on to say here, <clears throat> But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be made, uh, named among uh, you as become as saints. Now he's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He's trying to get their attention concerning these things. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks for this. You know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things come of the wrath of God upon the children. What is he talking about, deceive with vain words? Oh, come on. This isn't going to hurt you. Go ahead and smoke a little here. You know, my extent with smoking when I was growing up is I tried to smoke cigarettes, but I never inhaled. You know what? I never got addicted. <laughs> I just was looking cool. I'd say, preacher, you look cool? Well, maybe it didn't go over too good. Amen. Finally quit. <clears throat> you know what? Oh, a little smoking won't hurt. A little drinking, it won't hurt you. You, you can handle it. A little immorality, ah, it, you can handle it. Wrong. Wrong wrong none of us can handle it a little bit of sin a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump amen in our churches folks we need to try to keep our lives pure as individual church members for the sake of other church members <clears throat> be uh, be not ye therefore partakers with them for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But all things are, uh, that are uh, reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith... <clears throat> Awake thou that uh, sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. You know what, folks? We live in an evil world. The Bible says as, uh, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days wherein the Son of Man cometh. Folks, you know what the days of Noah were like? That every imagination of the thoughts of men's heart was only evil continually, and we're going that way. We are going that way. And people are going to get to the place where they don't take the judgment, the coming judgment of God on sin seriously. They're going to say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. In Noah's day, oh yeah, boat, sure, boat, yeah, right. A cruise? No. And then they were destroyed. 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. You know, folks, God wants us. He doesn't, 
it's not even talking about being involved with evil, but to abstain, if you will, to eschew even the appearance of evil. You know, sometimes our testimony can be tarnished by an appearance of evil, even though maybe, now listen, even though maybe no evil has actually happened. You know, when God looked at Job, he said he is a, he is a um, if you will, perfect, upright, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. There was no appearance of evil. You know, sometimes people say, oh man, preacher, I've got to be so careful. What's the alternative if you're not? Sin. Snared in sin. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Not whom he will, but whom he may. What puts us in the may category? when we're not serious about sin, when we don't flee from it, when we don't run from it. And the second point we'll get to next week, I'll just mention it, is that it is not only the command of God, but it's the conformity of faith in God. And I won't go into it tonight, but let me say this. What you believe, what you really and truly believe affects what you will do and that's a fact. What you believe, what you really... If you don't believe that certain kinds of sin are sin, do you know what? You will not avoid them. You will not eschew them. You will not eschew them. Because you don't believe there's anything to, to be afraid of. There's no problem there. Well, I'll watch this on TV. I'll go to this place. I'll do this kind of thing. I'll do that. And you, know, and you know what? Some of those things can li literally lead you into sin. But you know what? You may not believe, really believe, that sin is as serious a problem as it is. And we'll talk more about that next week. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.